Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. So what if, you know, uh, I was at a marriage retreat last Saturday and Sunday last weekend, and this comedian came out on Friday, and he he said, he started with a what if, what if, uh, what if I could play this guitar just on the arm of the guitar? It's not really been done too much, but I watched this guy play a, play a song. What if I could play one song and sing seven songs lyrics to that tune and he did it and it just turned the whole weekend turned into what if all the pastors that spoke talked about what if uh, so I you know I was thinking about uh, what I was going to speak about and I you know what if you know a couple of uh, you know what a lot of people would have called rejects got together and they said what if we started a ministry and had a sober living and you could go out and pray for the homeless and take sandwiches? What if? What if we did this? You know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, well, how are we going to afford it? How are we, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, but today that ministry thanks to my partner, Michael, probably distributed over 100,000 pounds of food in the first six months of this year. You know, I don't know if you understand how much food that is, but it's a lot. And we're closing escrow on our second home Friday. So what if? So I'm going to ask a series of questions and I'm going to attempt to let God answer each of them through scripture. I hope this message challenges you, inspires you, and encourages you. Um, I want to be able to explore the consequences and benefits of the different choices we have and the scenarios that we have in life, both positive and negative. You know, we're also going to imagine and look at what God can do in our lives, the world that's beyond our expectations and limitations. So I just got a prayer before I walked up here and uh, <clears throat> this young lady said, uh, God, let, the, let this sermon just flow through him. And I said, gee, I hope so. I've got nine pages of notes. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, I want to tell everybody, uh, I'm going to be going a little fast, but don't worry if you get a little lost. If any of you wants a copy of these notes, Holler at a brother and I'll give them to you. Not a big deal. 
All right. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really good at making sure that the, the powerhouses back there get scripture and stuff beforehand because I just finished this thing up this morning at 6 a.m. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm a procrastinator. But thank God, thank God he comes through for me. So uh, ponder on these questions. What if you had never heard the gospel or accepted Christ as your savior? How would your life be different without God's grace and forgiveness? How would your eternal destiny be affected? And this is what God gave me. I'm going to be speaking from the message. I really like the translation for today. So uh, John 3, 16 through 18 says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. You know, God didn't go through all the trouble of saving his son merely to point an accusing finger at us telling the world how bad we are. He came to help. He came to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. That means no more charges. Those of us that have been in front of a court understand that really well. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? A lot of us want to know why. Why? They're good people. Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. Romans 6, 22 through 23 says, But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole, healed, put together life right now with more and more of life on the way. That's well, and followed his plan for your life. How would your life be blessed and fruitful by doing God's will? How would you avoid the pitfalls and regrets of disobedience and sin? This is what I found God said. Psalm 37, 4, keep company with God, get in on the best. Jeremiah 29, 11, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not abandon you, plans to give you a future you hoped for. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to our culture 
that we live in today that we fit into it without even thinking. Instead, we need to fix our attention on God. We'll be changed from the inside out. We need to readily recognize what he wants from us and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around us, always dragging us down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of us. He develops well-formed maturity in us. I hope this shows the benefits of obedience and surrender to God. But what if you had shared the gospel with someone who needed to hear it? What if you had gone out last weekend with the Jesus walk and someone's leg grew? Someone was saved because you were there. I don't know, but neither will you unless you go. How would you have been a faithful witness and a good steward of God's grace? How would you have impacted someone's life in eternity for God's glory? This is what God talked to me about. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. Now, this is Jesus talking. He says, God authorized and commanded me to commission you, go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this. Day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. Acts 1.8 says, what you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. And 1 Peter 3.15 says, Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. And always with the utmost courtesy. You know, I don't know about you, but I... Uh, Speaking of miracles, I don't know. What if no one would have prayed for Debbie? Would she have had a heart attack and died? Would she have gone into the hospital thinking she was needing to get stints and a doctor say, I don't know what they're talking about. You don't have any blockage. What if no one had prayed for Brandy in her neck, which she was supposed to have a little crack in it, and I, I saw the pictures. But she went in, and the doctor goes, there's no crack there. 
What if no one would have prayed for Dr. Desideer's uh, uh, father-in-law, who was probably going to die, but is today walking around enjoying his daughter, his son-in-law, and his grandchildren? What if no one would have prayed for Ron's father, who was dead? I mean, not, not kind of dead, but dead. <laughs> Doctor dead. But you know, I don't know about you, but I saw him the other day standing, sitting over here talking. So I hope I, I, I can encourage you because I want to show you the responsibility and privilege of evangelism and discipleship. It's important. So what if you lived with hope and looked forward to the return of Christ? How would you live differently in light of his coming? How would you be ready and eager to meet him in the air? This is what I got from God. Titus 2.13 says this new life is starting right now and it's wetting our appetites for the glorious day when our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, appears. I'm excited. I, you know, that song, come, Lord Jesus, come, come now. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18 says, the master himself will give the command, archangel thunder, God's trumpet blast, He'll come down from heaven and the dead in Christ rise first. They get to go first. Then the rest of us who are still alive at the time will be caught up with them into the clouds to meet the master. Oh, we'll, we'll be walking on air. I can barely walk on the ground sometimes today. And then there will be one huge family reunion with Jesus. So we need to reassure each other of these words. Revelation 22.20 says, uh, He who testifies to all these things says it again. Jesus. He says, I'm on my way. I'll be there soon. Yes. Come, Jesus, come. I hope this has shown you a little bit of the hope and anticipation of Christ's second coming. So what if you trusted God with all your heart and leaned not on your own understanding? How would God guide you and provide for you? How would we experience God's peace and joy in all, all circumstances? This is what God gave me. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, trust God from the bottom of your heart and don't try to figure out everything on our own. Listen for God's voice in everything we do, everywhere we go. 
He's the one that will keep us on track. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape our worries into prayers. Letting God know our concerns before we let Facebook know. Before we know it, a sense of God's wholeness Everything coming together for good will come and settle us down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of our life. Isaiah 26.3 says, People with their minds set on God keep completely whole, steady on our feet, because they keep at it and don't quit. You know, I can remember a friend of mine, Takashi, uh, I was at a men's breakfast, and he, he, he asked, he was questioning me about something. I said, well, do you trust God? And, and, and I, really, I really made him angry with this. And he goes, yeah. I said, well, then freaking act like it. You know, and, and I was sitting here over in my seat and I was reminded of that story because I'm like, if I kind of sneak out now and pretend like I'm going to the bathroom, I, I bet I can be out the door and in the car before anybody notices. And I heard, I heard that statement that I said to Takashi, do you trust God? Has he ever let you down, snake? Well, no. Then act like it, fool. So I hope that shows you the power of faith and trust in God. So what if you prayed with faith and asked God for anything according to his will? How would God answer your prayers and do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine? How would you see God's glory manifested in your own life and in the world around you? You know, I love I love this scripture because my partner and I were talking about it the other day. You know, and it's kind of funny. You know, Mark eleven through twenty four. God told me this mountain, for instance, just say to it, "Go jump in the lake." No shuffling, no hemming, no hawing, and it's as good as done. That's for those of you that have faith like a mustard seed. I don't have enough faith for that yet. James 5.16, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that we can live together whole and healed. Remember, the prayer of a person living right with God is something very powerful, more powerful than anything you can be reckoned with. Be one of those people. And the only way you're going to be able to begin being one of those people is to start doing it. To start praying for people. To start acting like you have faith in God. 
I don't know if he's going to grow legs. I don't know if he's going to heal, bring people back to life. I don't know if the only thing you're going to get out of this is that you spent the day with Jesus. But isn't that enough? I mean, is there, I mean, I can't think of anything better. But what if you did that? And some guy was there and you just happened to walk up on him and he was getting ready to jump off the pier because life was no longer What if? I don't know. And you're not going to know unless you try. Ephesians 3.20 through 21 says, God can do anything you know. You know that, right? God can do anything? I mean, a guy that can speak into existence freaking stars, uh, uh, seas, uh, body mat lands, create a human out of some dust, destroy whole nations. He can do anything far more than we can ever imagine or guess or request in our wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around. Well, not anymore. But by working within us, giving the Holy Spirit, putting him deeply and gently within us. I hope this shows the promise and the potential of prayer. You know, what if? If you're sitting there in your seat right now, try to think of some what is for you. What if I stopped arguing with my wife and just loved on her? What if I took that chance on a new job? What if I went out just to my next door neighbor and just asked him, can I pray for you? Do you need anything? I believe Jesus is here and can give us anything we ask for. What if you decided to play with your son later today and spend time with him? Just you, him, and Jesus. What if you decided 
can we give out 200,000 pounds of food next year? What if you thought about, I'm not really needed at this church. There's nothing for me to volunteer for, but what if there is? What if you asked? What if I went back to school? I'm 60-something years old. I don't even remember right now. (laughs) 63, thank you. (laughs) What if you went back to school? They're all going to laugh at you, the evil one. What if, what if you did? What if that's just what God wants you to do? What if you were nice to people on the freeway? I mean, uh, instead of screaming at them because they cut you off, you know they can't hear you. It reminds me of a funny story. Uh, my friend was telling me that he was he was driving, and uh, you know it's like uh, he's got his little eight-year-old girl in the back seat, and you know, and he's one of them psycho drivers that's you know that you know ah road rage, and uh, he's getting ready to turn on the freeway, and this lady cuts him off. And he is just going to town on this lady. And his little daughter is in the back seat, and she goes, Daddy, can I ask you a question? And he, and he calms down for me. He says, sure, honey, what, what's up? Why do you scream at people that can't hear you? <laughs> you know, I remember him telling me, I, I, ever since she said that, I stopped. What if you attended this baptism today and declared your faith in Jesus in public? What if you got baptized today and declared openly and publicly your faith in Jesus? Would it change your life? I don't know. It might. You can what if anything. And I challenge you to put the what if in your life. Don't look at the things you can't do. What if you could? What if you could? You know, that partner of mine and I Long time ago, uh, a couple of years ago, we, uh, I, I don't think if you were an intelligent investor, you'd have come and said, "Sure, I'll give you guys eight hundred thousand dollars." That you that 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 it would have happened on our own. But God 
but God, but God. You know, uh, Ron asks me to preach every once in a while, and I and I'm like, sure, 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 and I and I. I never know what I'm going to preach about. You know? And, and this, this preaching thing started with my partner. Uh, I needed to speak at a men's breakfast, and I said, uh, uh, I, I don't have anything to say. Can you give me something on a napkin? And he wrote four things on a napkin. He says, here, try this. He says, and trust God. Everything came out okay. Unfortunately, now I always wait till the last minute to come up with something. You know what I mean? God's going to come through. Yeah, Michael lost my napkin this morning. So, I kind of... Uh, old muscles. I feel as old as I sound right now on tape. Um, I want to. I, I want to kind of come up. Uh, maybe we could get. Um, yeah, maybe we could get the worship band to come on back up. Because I'm about done. I got through all nine pages. Woo-hoo! But I, I, I do have a final what if. And uh, I'm talking to anybody here, the people on Facebook Live, and Zoom. Because this is kind of serious. You know, what if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior? How much time do you have? Will it ever be too late? Well, let me just address those questions one at a time from my own knowledge. What if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior? Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to do a little uh, a prayer here in a minute, and you can do it right now. Because how much time do you have? Gee, I don't know. Tomorrow's not promised. It, fact is, the next minute isn't promised. I like to live one day at a time, but the truth is, is something may happen on my way home today. Will it ever be too late? You bet your bippy. There's coming a time when it won't matter. The time is now. right now. So let's bow our heads for a minute. And if that's you, and uh, you're one of those people that wants to make Christ your personal savior, or maybe you're somebody that's just come back and you've been walking astray. You know, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. 
He got rid of your sins, even the ones that you just did this morning. As far as the east is to the west, and as far as I know, I, I can't get to that spot. Just follow me in prayer. Father God, I know I've sinned against you. I know that everything I have is just dust and rags. Please forgive me. Please accept me just as I am and make me white as snow. I believe that you sent your son to die for my sins. And then you raised him again on the third day. I believe you. I know it's true. There's too much evidence around me to, to show it. There's death and destruction all around me, Father. People are dying. Please forgive me for not making it my business. Please forgive me for not reaching out. Father, help me. Help me to be a part of the solution today. Help me to be a part of the great redemption story that you have so that death will lose its sting here. Help me, Father. Accept me. Accept me as one of your children today. And every day, Father, let me not forget that this is a constant, a constant daily, minutely surrender to you. Let me not forget that. Because my mind goes all over the place constantly. I'm dragged to and fro. Help me to remember that all I've got to do is maybe just as simple as get down on my knees and say, God, forgive me. Recenter my spirit. And you lift me up on wings like eagles. You make it possible for me to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint. You anoint my head with oil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies who can all be my friends. Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.